Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the show. Before I start, I just want to say a big, humongous thank you to everyone that's supported the podcast since I started. We are on episode number 20. I have seen some of the Spotify wrapped um, statistics, I guess you might call them, stats, analytics about the podcast. And I have been in, I think, seven people's top five, which is absolutely incredible. It's I'm just really thankful that people are getting something out of this and I've received so many kind messages about some of the things that I've said in the podcast that they've used in their day-to-day life and it's improved some small things, some big things, some gigantic things. It just everyone's receiving it differently and I'm so thankful and grateful that I could have an impact in someone else's life no matter how big or how small. That's the whole point of this podcast is to just give out some nuggets, give out some knowledge, give out some help, some things that have helped me along the way in my life and what I think could possibly help you. So that is what I try to do with this. It's also what I really want to get out of my brain sometimes when things are ruminating in my head and they're just going around and around like a freaking washing machine. Sometimes it's just good to air it out and it's very therapeutic and cathartic for me. But at the same time, some of my thoughts have resonated with some of you and I'm, I'm thankful that we have connected on some kind of deeper level. Maybe our wavelengths have just kind of connected, and I really appreciate that. And another bonus cool fact is two-thirds of my listeners are women, so thank you to you beautiful women out there. You are gorgeous, and you are very worthy, so thank you for tuning in to the show. Today, we're going to speak about a couple of things. What I've noticed is I don't really want to start out with something crazy philo- philosophical and then end on like, here are some tips for training because I think it's kind of like hard hitting at the start and then it's like, whoa, mellowed out. But I'll probably start with the training aspect of things that I want to talk about and then I'll I'll talk about something else. So today I'll be speaking about recovery and probably why you're feeling more sore than you should be feeling. There's three things that we probably should be looking at before we try to change up things in the gym. And also the last thing that I'm going to talk about is the philosophy philosophical the philosophical part which is what is more painful action or inaction just going to say that what's more painful action or inaction we'll get to that at the end i don't want to give you any anything about that till we get to that part because it might be a little bit heavy but for now enjoy the show Number 20, welcome back. Unfortunately, I didn't have anything extravagant this episode. I didn't get Joe Rogan. I tried sending him a DM, but uh, Mr. Joe Bogan is a little bit busy. So maybe 20, 21st episode, I might give him another, another buzz. But for now, it's just me and this little candle that I got. It's a salted caramel or some kind of caramel. I love salted caramel. I don't know why. I love these salted caramel, vanilla, or whatever it is, candles that I got from Dusk cost me fucking 45 bucks, which is crazy for a candle. But you know what? I love the smell so much that I'm willing to pay for that. I'm willing to pay for that. So it's just me and my candle and my thoughts pretty much. That's that's just what it is. I'm just sitting on the floor, microphone all hooked up, candle next to me. The ambiance is set. 
and my brain is just about to unload. And it's not going to be a trauma dump, but it's going to it's going to start, you know, going to start speaking my mind. Now we are getting closer to the end of the year. I always keep up in saying the last few, few weeks, and hopefully I might have a New Year's episode, which is going to be something that's quite planned that I'll, I want to make it really special. But for today, the first thing I want to talk about is something that a lot of my clients have issues with, also just mostly people in general, and it is feeling sore from the gym and struggling with recovering. Always feeling sore, then because you're sore, you actually don't want to come into the gym. Always feeling sore, and then you're complaining about being sore, having a poor sleep, complaining at work. Look, we don't want to be sore. We don't want to have soreness where you're struggling to sit down in the toilet, you're struggling to put your shoes on, um, you're struggling to do any type of day-to-day tasks. That is just only going to make you hate the gym. What I've noticed with my own experience of training quite a lot over the years, and as I've gotten older, I'm training even harder, I'm training even more frequently, I'm training even longer in those frequent sessions. There's three things that I find are the easiest fixes that you can do, and it's probably going to help you in more than just your training and your recovery, but it's going to help you out in your day-to-day life and reduce probably little real niggle areas in you know your work, your home life, your social life, all that all that jazz. The first thing I want to talk about is nutrition. Now normally if you are not recovering fast enough and you're constantly sore or you're not getting the the one day doms which is your delayed onset muscle soreness where you you know the next day you feel ah oh, fine and day after it just hits you like a train. If you're receiving those doms for an extra day or two days on top of what you normally do, you should probably look at what is your nutrition looking like right now. And I'll give you my experience. I, when I don't pack my food for work, my lunch, my snacks, or have anything in the morning, and then I'll train, what happens is because I'm at the gym for the long period for a long period of time, I'm not getting anywhere near enough calories. And for someone who's six foot four, about 94, 95 kilograms, I should be having anywhere between three and a half, or let's say three to three and a half thousand calories a day, depending on how much I exercise. And for quite a period of time, I was getting 2,000 maybe, two, two and a half thousand max, because I wasn't preparing in my day. And what I noticed was I'd train really hard. And one, I wouldn't have the energy to train as hard as I wanted to train. But two, my recovery time was greatly increased. So it will take me much longer to recover than it normally would. And what I noticed was the lack of food in my day was causing me to just feel increasingly sore, struggling to recover just as fast. And I tried, you know, having baths and hot showers and blah, blah, blah. So I, I, I tiptoe around the issue. And it's the same thing as when tr- people are trying to make up for a shitty diet by having ice baths, um, going to the sauna, thermo sauna, infrared sauna, that's the one, supplementing. Yes, they all help, but if you don't have that fundamental base of a good caloric intake or your nutrition, then everything else is just going to go to shit. It's not, not worth it. So when I started increasing my food intake, my recovery sped up much faster. It was profound, as they would say, how fast my recovery was. The thing with my diet is 
because I know I've had the macro counting stage and the my fitness pal stage, all that stuff. I've had the intermittent fast. I've tried everything. I'm now at a point where I could intuitively eat. So I try to have four to five meals a day, have a snack in between or a nice protein shake in the morning or after my training session. So I know I've got five meals and if at least each meal is five, 600 calories, plus with my snack, I'm eating anywhere between 2,800 to 3,500 calories a day. And that works for me. So I don't need to track my food. I'm just so used to what I eat and how much of it I eat that for me, the main thing is not counting my food and my macros. It's the frequency of my meals. The more meals for me, the better. But that takes a lot of experience and time to get to that point where you're not tracking your calories, where you can literally understand and look at and kind of eyeball how much is in your food. So nutrition is the main thing. If you're not well, it's, I'll just boil it down. The crux of it all is if you're not recovering fast enough, you should probably be eating more. That's the crux of it. If you're not recovering fast enough, you should probably be eating more. Two. Now, this is the most basic one, and you probably see it harping on the uh, the gram where every coach now is trying to be some nuanced person and try to give you something that no one else knows. It's a secret, and that secret is sleep. Whoa, sleep. Fuck, who knew? Oh, so why? I've got to sleep more? Fucking hell. Here's a grand sin. Yeah, well, you have to just sleep more. It's funny that I look at all these uh, Instagrammers and, you know, these YouTubers or these fucking gurus, mindset gurus or whatever, these business people, well, they wake up at five in the morning, they'll journal for half an hour, they'll have a cold shower, they'll do... I don't know, X, Y, Z, before their day, their day starts, they'll go for a walk, they'll whatever, they'll do all these things. But if you look at an athlete who trains twice a day and also goes to the gym and also eats a lot, an athlete is napping so much. They're napping so much. Maybe they're napping an extra two times a day in between their sessions or when they get home. They're getting that recovery. They're actually getting that rest. Me, for example, if I train really hard, my body signals to me, hey, guess what, Sin? It's time for a nap. And Sin loves a fucking nap. I love a nap. So if I've had a big day at work and I've trained really hard, I'll have a nap in between my day. I will nap. It might be 45 minutes. It might be more. Yes, people say, oh, anything more than 45 minutes, you might ruin a bit of your sleep schedule. I understand that. So I try to have a 45-minute nap, but it's so hard getting up and actually getting up from a 45-minute nap. But a 45-minute nap, once or twice a day, if you're training a lot or if you're feeling sore, is going to do you wonders. But not just even if you're training really hard and feeling sore, but if you've got a lot of stress that's happening in your day and your body's a little bit in fight or flight and anxiety, having a nap actually would help. But look, some people do struggle having naps during the day. For me, it works wonders when I'm feeling sore or if I've just had an exhausting, mentally exhausting day, having a nap. I live in the nap. If you can't get a nap in, Try to get seven to eight hours of sleep, sometimes even more, depending on your body. Me, I can function off a low amount of sleep, but functioning and optimal, quotation marks, sleep is very different. I can function on five, six hours of sleep, and I can give a lot of energy, but I feel that fatigue, like I've miss, I'm missing at least a couple of hours. So I try to get seven to eight hours of sleep every day. I try my best. If I get seven hours, I'm happy. Happy days. If I get anything less, I'm a little bit of a zombie for the first couple of hours. I do get all my energy out, but deep down, I feel a little bit slow. There's nothing wrong with that. So try to get more sleep. 
That's the crux of it. And number three, a very simple one, which we don't really think about too much, is managing your stress. The more your body is in fight or flight, the less time it has to actually do what it needs to do and chill the fuck out and actually function properly and recover and work the way it should and absorb all the nutrients. And, and you know, if you're a stressed worker, you're not going to be doing the right job. You're not going to be doing the proper job. And if you're, you might think you are doing a proper job, but you're going to be leaving a lot of holes in your work. There's going to be a lot of mistakes and issues after you go to look at what you've just done. That's the same as your body. If your body is constantly under stress, it's not going to be able to do the things that it needs to do. That's why when people are stressed, they start having a breakout of pimples. They start having uh, migraines. They start becoming sick when they shouldn't be sick. Their, their antibodies aren't as strong. So their immune system is lowered. Stress brings on all these things that you don't want. Now, if you are sore from the gym and you're always stressed, no wonder you're struggling to recover because your body is under stress. I don't know how else to put it. The people that are more zen, and I don't mean you need to be a monk, shave your head and live in a fucking mountain, but try to manage your stress. Think about what can you do every day that's something small that manages your stress. Some people play Sudoku. Some people play chess. Some people meditate. I like to meditate every day, 10 minutes either in the morning or before bed or sometime in between my day. If I'm lucky and fortunate enough, I can meditate twice a day. That calms me down. That slows my brain down. Makes me become more aware and grateful. Another cool thing to do is in your day, we're so automatic with the way that we live our lives and that's why the perception of time is much faster than we want it to be because our brain is so used to getting up in the morning, brushing our teeth, getting ready for work, getting in the car, getting to work. Everything has become automatic. Finishing work, coming home, oh, thank fuck I'm home, cook, blah, 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 and start the day again. We've made those things so automatic because our brain's like, well, there's no point being in the moment and present because I want this time to go that I'm in, in traffic on the way to work and I want this time to fly by while I'm at work because I'm doing the same shit every day, talking to the same people every day and it's kind of annoying. Let me just speed it up. What's really important to do every day is the more we can do it, the better, but five times a day, maybe to eight times a day, and if not more, try to be where your feet are. And what do I mean by that? I mean, try to be present in the moment. If you're driving your car, Try to, try to think like my hands are on the steering wheel, my feet are on the bottom, foot's on the accelerator, what am I smelling, what am I seeing, what am I feeling? Be in tune with your senses, all your senses, and try to be present in that moment. I know you're in the fucking car and it's kind of boring, but at least bring yourself back to reality, be where your feet are at, because I know while you're driving, you're probably thinking about so many different things. So try to be where your feet are at, try to be conscious and aware even in moments that are really fun, they're the, they're the most important. They, you want them to be your core memory. So when you're having a lot of fun with your friends, just stop and be where your feet are and really appreciate the moment, really be in the moment. So that's a, a cool little thing you can do to not be so either entrapped in the past or the future because you either be stressed out or anxious, or one, of the, one of the two, or both if you're thinking about the future and the past. But managing your stress is super important. 
it's super important, not just for your physical health, but for your mental health and then for the people around you. So try to manage your stress. What I've noticed is I haven't watched the news for a long time. And that's just poisonous as well. There's there's things that you do in your day. Just because you watch something doesn't mean you're not consuming anything. You're consuming. It's the same as what you eat. What you eat will change the way you feel. And you know the way you use your body will also change the way you feel. The way you you perceive information and the things that you read and the things that you listen to do the same thing. They have the same effect. So be wary and conscious about what you read. Be wary and conscious about what you see and watch and what you consume because watching poisonous, toxic shit is going to seep into your life no matter what you think. So it's not just about how you train. It's not just about you know what you watch. It's just about who you talk to. There's a lot of things that are going to add to your stress. So if you're struggling to recover, if your body's always sore, look at these aspects in your life that you could work on today. I'm not saying you're going to love your job overnight, but at least try to be grateful for the other parts of your day that you know make your day worth it. Three things. So nutrition, sleep, ooh, and stress management. If you can do those three things, you're not just going to change the way your body feels you're going to change the way your mind feels. You're going to actually change the way you feel about yourself, about your life, and about the people around you. It's all perception. If you can change those little things, everything else will follow suit. That's why I always say it all starts with your brain. It all starts with your mind and how you think everything else follows suit. You know, you can have an amazing body, but it can have a rotten mind, and it's really hard for it to be the other way around. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is... What would be more painful in your life right now? Action or inaction? And there's this really cool quote that I love that no man steps in the same river twice for he is not the same man and he is not the same river. And a river, obviously, the water is always flowing and it's always changing. It's not just... A puddle of water where it just stays the same. It's always changing. And the only thing in life that's constant is change. That is always going to be, no matter if you feel like life hasn't changed, it has changed. Something has changed for you. Something has changed around you. Something has changed. There is no such thing as no change. Things are always changing. Your friends are always changing. You are always changing. The world is always changing. That's the only constant that we have is change. And with action and inaction, if there's something on your mind or there's something that you want to do, let's say, for example, you want to start a side hustle. You want to start dating. You want to leave the country, live somewhere else overseas. You want to get your life back on track either via health, nutrition, getting a new job, whatever it is. If you have these things in your mind and you are just ruminating and sitting on them and you're not doing anything, that inaction is actually an action. You are making a choice. By not acting on what you want to do, you're actually acting on it. That is your your choice. Your choice has been, I'm not going to do anything about it. That is your action. You have action in your inaction. If you do choose to do something, you are then creating an action instead. 
So if I choose to get healthier, if I choose to leave the country and, and work overseas, if I choose to pursue relationship, if I choose to create a side hustle, I am then, by taking my action, that is what I'm doing. If there is something in my head that I want to do, but I'm not doing it, I've always already, again, taken an action, the action of inaction. Now, what's stopping you? What's, what's the fear? You should actually ask yourself, what is the fear of you not taking action? What is the fear? Hey, everyone, just letting you know that I've got a few more spots available for face-to-face coaching, Essendon and South Melbourne Good Life. They are the areas and the gym. And also, I'm taking on a few more clients for online coaching. So if you've been on the fence about coaching in general, get in touch with me via the link in my bio, or you can DM me, and let's get the ball rolling. All right, back to the podcast. If change is the only constant, if change is is going to be here forever, it's, if change is permanent, then what is stopping you? You're choosing something yourself. You're choosing to have your action in inaction by not doing the thing that you've always wanted to do because of what? Because of who? Why? That inaction is going to eat at you. And time is going to fly by and it's going to continue to eat at you. It's almost very poisonous because you've now created that thing in your head that you want to do something, but then you are stopping yourself from doing that thing. So you have this internal battle with yourself by never doing that thing that you wanted to do. And that is when you start having the snowball of regret. You're just going to create regret for yourself for something that you wanted to do that you've never done or don't choose to do, but then you made a choice by not doing it. And you need to actually think about what is my brain telling me? Why am I scared to do these things? And if you stop and ask yourself the question of why, and why am I thinking this way? And why am I doing this? Some people like to write it down. Some people like to have a conversation in their head. Writing it down is going to help you a lot. Writing down what is actually on your mind and journaling in these moments is going to help you out a lot. Trying to get what is in that head out on paper or even out to a friend or a therapist is going to help you a lot. The thing that I've found, and I've seen a few therapists, I've found that Getting out what is in your head is the first step because then you actually say it and you hear it and then you can actually think about it in a different way. You're like, oh, fuck. I I thought of it differently as opposed to how I said it. And then that creates this shift in your brain of how you now perceive that thing that you've just said or thought about previously. So you can talk to a friend about this, a therapist, a partner, or you can just write it down. If there's something that you don't want to tell anyone else, write it down. Almost telling yourself, almost reflecting it to yourself. And then you realize that there are certain things that are stopping you from doing that. And everyone's different. It might be a fear of failure. It might be a fear of what other people will think about you, whatever people will say about you. It might be a fear of letting your family down. It might be a fear of change. There is so many things that, are in the way that while it's in your head, they seem invisible. You just don't know why it's in the way. You're like, why, why, why do I want to do this thing, but I can't do this thing? So the obstacles that you have are invisible. You can't see them. Once you speak to someone or you journal or you get it out there, this obstacle, it loses its little cloak of invisibility. 
It's like, oh, fuck, you can see me. Then you can see the obstacle. Then you can see it. It's normally, most of the time, it's ego. The ego is the enemy, which is a book by uh, Ryan Holiday. It's a really cool book. Ego is the enemy. Ego is always going to be in the way. It's always thinking, oh, what if this person says this? And what if this person says that? And what if this person laughs at me? What if my family laughs at me? What if blah, 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 blah? What if, what if, what if, fucking what ifs? Who gives a fuck about what ifs? You can literally live your whole life just what ifing till you die. And you're like, oh, what, what? And you're dead. So the ego is probably the thing that's stopping you. But you'll see the ego and you'll exactly know why that ego is saying what it's saying. Because then you have to reflect on yourself, like, why am I scared of what people think about me? Am I really self-conscious? Why am I so self-conscious? And then once you realize why you are thinking the way you're thinking and why that obstacle or the ego is saying what it's saying, then can you say, well, it's not actually that bad. Because the, the funny thing is about people, most people don't really like themselves. They just don't. So if these people don't like themselves and they're unhappy with their lives. Why should you care what they think about you? I only care about the really close people in my life, what they think. But at the same time, even with them, if there's something that I really want to do and I trust my gut, then I will do that thing. Because I have to be my biggest supporter. Because if I don't, and I listen to all my friends, for example, my, my parents, when I quit teaching, they were shocked. They thought, why? You quit the job where, you know, you get salary. I don't know why I'm doing this accent. But that's how I talk. You know, why do you quit a job where you get this good good pay, you get holidays, you know, it's an easy job. Why would you leave that? And they don't understand what a personal trainer does and the business side of things. I just think I'm just training in the gym because I like training in the gym. But they don't understand that you can make good money being a PT you can also change a lot of lives being a PT. That's why I was a teacher because I wanted to change lives. Then, you know, the the veil was lifted and you can't do as much as you thought you could do. That's why I left the profession and I kind of, my expiry date was, you know, my hole was punched. Does that make sense? My hole was punched? Doesn't sound. You know, I went, I went to my expiry date with my teaching and I, I was out. But I love the job I do now and I, I love the life it gives me. I love the way it keeps me on my toes. And over time, my parents have come to, I wouldn't say come to terms with it, but they can see how happy it's made me. And then now they're supportive. But at first, when you do something, you might not have anyone supporting you. And that's fine. It's completely fine. You have to be your own biggest supporter. You can't rely on what your friends say or your family says or a stranger at work says, because most of the time people just reflect the way they feel about themselves on you. And that's not a bad thing because some people aren't self-aware or conscious enough to know that they're reflecting. They're just, you know, let's say uh, I was in my teaching role and I asked another teacher, like, what would you, would you quit and be a PT? Like, wow, what would I do that? Being a PT, no, being a teacher is so cool. I get holidays. You'd have to be crazy to, to quit this job for a job like PT that you don't know when your next paycheck's coming. You might be doing really well. You might be doing really bad. What if the gyms get shut down? If I listen to people like that, then that's going to give me fear and it's going to cause me to stay in my job. So then you have to say, well, I actually don't want to be in your shoes. The person that you are today, I don't want to be that person. Why am I taking my advice from people that I don't look up to or want to be like? That's the question you've got to ask yourself. You have to ask yourself, 
if you're going to value someone's opinion, it has to be someone that's sitting in the higher seat than you, someone that's sitting on a better table than you, and you want to be on that table. That's the only time you should value an opinion. But if, you know, Julie from accounting, who's been there for 30 years and hates her job, tells you to stay in your job because she hates her job, probably not the right person to talk to or listen to. So also be wary of, you know, who you get advice from. Everyone's going to have an opinion. Sometimes people have an opinion based on the decisions they made in their life and the things that went wrong or right for them. It just depends. Yeah. I don't know if I said it in the previous podcast, but as, let's say, as a person going into therapy or just in general, like this is one thing that I heard about and it's really, it resonates so well. You want your therapist to tell you what to do and you want your friends to listen. But your friends tell you what to do and your therapist just freaking listens. They don't tell you what to do. So it's one of those things. So there's the the failure is is the, the fear and so many things are probably the reason why you're not doing what you want to do. And next time you're thinking about decisions or making decisions or if you have a choice, think about is what I'm doing an inaction? Because if it's an inaction, that is a choice I've taken. That is my action. And is, or is this the choice that I have? Is this the action I'm taking? Is the action towards what I want to do? And if it's not, but I'm taking an inaction, not doing anything, which ends up going back to action. It's like one of those things like, do you party a lot? Yes. Do you enough sleep? No. Go back to sleep. <laughs> you know, it's like, yes, no, yes, no, yes. You're always going to go back to the action because if you don't make a choice, you're making a choice. And if you make a choice, you're making a choice. That's basically it. I really like talking about just this mindset stuff because all these small things are going to really, honestly, in my personal opinion, really change your life. It's, it's changed my life in the way I see myself and the world because you can be strong, you can be big, you can look good. It doesn't really matter because the body is always going to change. It's it's As you get older, it's not going to be as strong. It's going to deteriorate and you're going to look and hold, you're not probably going to look the best that you've ever looked, you know, as long as you look after yourself, it, yes, you know, but, you know, father time is still going to get us and you can't stop aging and there is no fountain of youth, but the brain, the brain can always become stronger. The body can deteriorate, but the brain can become stronger and stronger and more wise. And trust me, age is not an indicator of wisdom. It's not. Some people that are 19, 20 seem like old souls because they've had so much self reflection and evaluation of themselves that they've become much better people. And you think, fuck, you're 20 or 19 years old. You seem like you're 30, 35. But at the same time, I've met people that are 40, 50, 60, married with kids, you know, from the outside, keeping up the Joneses. They've got the big house. They've got you know, three, four kids. They've got a really nice looking partner. Like from the outside, mate, they're living that up. But deep down, they're so immature. They're not, they're not happy with themselves. They're very stubborn. They're not, when it comes to being humans, they're not very empathetic. They don't care for their friends or for their family as much as they could. And they have a lot of issues. They have a lot of flaws and a lot of, I don't want to say red flags. It's a very uh, Gen Z type of thing to say, but there's a lot of things they could and should work on. So just because from the outside, they look like they've got their shit together, you'd be surprised at how much yeah, there's probably a lot of diarrhea going on there. There's definitely no shit together. There's, it's all over the shop. Same as someone who might not seem like they have a lot. They might not be very materialistic or have a lot, but they're very well put together. Yeah, so 
you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and don't judge a book by its cover, you know, judge someone by their actions because that speaks more about their character than what they have. Just because someone's rich doesn't mean they're rich in the brain and have a rich soul. Just because someone's poor doesn't mean they're even a poor soul or poor knowledge or poor wisdom. Can't judge like that. We just can't. That's me for today. Again, I really want to say thank you so much for the ones that are listening. I, you know, if you got any feedback for me, I've gotten some feedback lately and it's made me, you know, very, very, how do I say? It's very wholesome. It's very wholesome. And it's such a pleasure to be able to enrich some of your lives, even if it's, you know, for a little bit or for a lot, whatever it is, I'm just happy that that person could be me and I'm happy that you're still supporting me. And yeah, I hope you have an amazing day, an amazing night, whatever it is, wherever you are, stay true to yourself, look after yourself and always try to grow. The only constant is change. So change for the better. Don't be stuck. Uh, You're always going to be moving forward. Try not to move backwards. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good one. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.